0: my, hi my mai, ki tēne Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Now, uh, just a traffic update. There has been a multi-vehicle crash on State Highway 2 at Silverstream Upper Hutt. Right southbound lane is blocked south of the intersection with Ferguson Drive, so do expect delays there. This afternoon, 75 basis point increase, the largest increase to the official cash rate on Record that just after four, and also this afternoon, alarming figures in a mental health survey today 73% of respondents aged between 18 and 34 said they had been so stressed in the past year they couldn't cope with things. So, we talk about that. Also, on the panel today, one man says he's lucky to be alive after lightning struck his ute, he's out of hospital and he joins the panel. At 25 past form, and making limb reports clearer. They can be indecipherable sometimes. New legislation aims to tackle that. And, look, someone got in touch with me this morning saying, I'm in a meeting and the interviewee going for the job is chewing gum.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: can I ask the panel, please, if that's inappropriate or am I a curmudgeon? Thoughts? Is it a shocker, or is it time to get with the modern-day workforce, <laughs> 2101? We tackle that at the end of the panel. Who's with me? Well, Leonie Freeman, Chief Executive of the Property Council, NZ. Leonie, kia ora. Good to have you here. Great to be here too. Kia ora. Very good. Also, David Slack, commentator and producer of the Substack newsletter, More Than A Fielding. David, welcome to you too. Kia Wallace. Leonie. Yes, we're all here answering those questions this afternoon and let's go to football first. Saudi Arabia has produced, by all accounts, the biggest upset in World Cup history. The only other one to match it was a USA win over England. In 1950. And in other news, star player Cristiano Ronaldo will leave Manchester United with immediate effect. The Premier League club has said the 37 year old had an explosive interview on the eve of the World Cup, criticising manager Eric Ten Hag and the club's owners. The empathy with the coach is not good. I'm, I'm, I'm honest. You don't have a good relationship with him? I'm not mean good relationship. The empathy is not,
2: it's not good, let's say. Do you think he respects you?
0: I think you don't, you don't respect the way I should deserve. Saying it as it is there, Ronaldo is currently in Qatar with Portugal. With us is Ricardo Ball from the Man United Supporters Club New Zealand branch. Ricardo, good to have you on the panel. Hi, thanks for having us on, Wallace. Very good indeed. Look, to, to, to Ronaldo first. Extraordinary stuff. Did anyone see Ronaldo's uh, departure coming?
2: I think it's been on the on the cards for a while. In the off season, uh, which is you know sort of June July, he was shopping himself around, and the club Manchester United was sort of saying, "Well, we're open to offers." Uh, And the thing was, no one was interested. Um, So this has been brewing for a while. I think that was probably a bit of a blow to the ego. But you know, at the end of the day, Wallace, you got to find somebody who uh, was willing to take over the last year of his contract. That at United was paying him half a million pounds a week.
1: Wow <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: good bunce huh?
1: absolutely, yeah, um, I was just wondering um he do, do you think that Ronaldo used the media to, as a as a way to do a rapid exit um do you think yeah. that was his strategy
2: hundred percent leone this was this was very much uh um, how can I get myself fired the quickest way? Oh. I know I'll go and I'll go and hit up a plum like Piers Morgan and then and and and, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the other thing is as United fans generally, Piers Morgan uh, is a died-in-the-wool Arsenal fan. He's a real toff. Uh, we know exactly. <laughs> I didn't
0: what he's, know this. No,
2: what he's capable of. I mean, he was complicit in the Sun taping. Uh, you know, sort of. Uh, breaking into people's uh, voicemails and things like that over the years, so mm. he's a bloke that doesn't have a great reputation. So, of all the people he could have gone to and done this, this is almost the fact that he went to Piers is almost worse than what he said in the interview. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's extraordinary. A, a, and a two men united. Uh, where did this all stem from, Ricardo? Because what there you, you guys are fifth in the Premier League.
2: Mm. Yeah, this uh, this has been coming for a while. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was the manager when Cristiano Ronaldo was brought back to the club. The year before, well, the season before, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had got the club to second in the Premier League. We hadn't been there since Ferguson left. Got them to the final of a big European Cup, which they lost on penalties. The team was tracking in the right mm. direction. Now, he had them playing a really good style of football. He wanted a ball-playing centre-back, so they got him Rafael Varane. He wanted a right winger, so they went and got him Jaden Sancho. And then just before the season starts, they give him Cristiano Ronaldo, who he didn't want because the way he had set United up to play meant that they could defend from the very front. They could do a lot more running. They could be uh, a very busy team, a team that made it difficult to play through. Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't allow you to do that. And if he's in your team and your bosses are saying, look, we've got you this player who's going to sell us half a million shirts a week, you have to play him, uh, then you have to try and find a way to make it work. And he couldn't make it work. And in the end, he got the sack because of it. So there are some people that will say, he scored 24 goals last season, he's still got it. Yeah, he did score 24 goals, but what it did is it meant that other players didn't score goals. It meant that United couldn't keep goals out as effectively as well. Um, so it was a detriment to the team, and David, uh, I think most fans have seen that.
3: It does make it sound like he don't respect me the way I want. He actually had some validity then.
2: Uh, well, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I think the thing is he's got to realise he's 37. He can't do the things that he could do when he was 27, right?
1: Yeah. And...
2: um you know he says these things, but he obviously had problems with it with his family, sick child, etc. And preseason, if they said, "Look, don't come on preseason tour," fine, stay with your family, get it sorted out. But then he joins, and of course he's not match fit, so he doesn't immediately yeah. make the squad. That puts his nose out of joint. But you can't play him because he's not fit. But when they dropped him for Tottenham, he had played in nine of the previous thirteen games, and well, he had started nine of the previous thirteen games, I should say, and the two previous to him being dropped. United hadn't scored
0: in the 180 minutes he'd been on the field. Oh, okay, yeah. right, yeah. Now to the uh, World Cup, there Ricardo, and uh, extraordinary game between Saudi Arabia and Argentina. Thousands in the stadium could not believe what they were watching. So here you have a team ranked third in the world, 36 matches unbeaten, tipped to win the <clears throat> World Cup, and this.
2: Yeah, hard to believe, wasn't it? Really hard to believe. Like, to be honest. I was getting up for, for an earlier match, so I, I sat up and watched until Argentina scored through Leo, Leo Messi and went, this will be 5-0, and went to bed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I bet you regret that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Certainly did not see that coming. Uh, but you've you got to tip your hats to the Saudis. they yeah. played some good football in the lead-up to this. No one expected them to do what they did. But what they did do is everything goes through Lionel Messi at Argentina. Really? So they cut off the pathways for him to get the ball they basically closed those passing lanes for him to get the ball. And then when he did get the ball, if you, if you watch, they forgot about the other players, and they just closed him down. And they've got four players around them. So he had nowhere to pass the ball. There were no pathways. It made him run with the ball, which is something that, once again, talking about age, you know, a Messi, um, 18 years ago, would have done happily. But that's not his game anymore, particularly in that Middle Eastern heat. And uh, they made him run with the ball. It's not his game anymore. And they managed to stifle him and stifle Argentina as a result. It's a fantastic result for Saudi Arabia.
0: Amazing, David. I'm just thinking, you know, because in the final instance, this is a, a team game. And you have this culture of the stars being helicoptered in. Mm. This, is, this yeah. is brought up uh, in a really interesting documentary called Sunderland Till I Die, talking about this um, team Sunderland and bringing in these top stars. But they couldn't gel with the team. You need to operate... As, a, As team. a team,
3: yeah, that is intriguing. I suppose, well, they they don't last forever, and and I had been wanting to ask Ricardo, what what a, where does the mileage top out? Do you reckon for for people like uh, Ronaldo mm. and, and Messi?
2: Yeah, I think. Well, Ronaldo said he wants to retire at 40. So, I mean, that suggests that he knows that he's got limited time left. I just don't think his ego is allowing him to admit that he's not the player that he was. Um, I think the, the shelf life is better now with sports science and diets and everything. You know, they're not down the pub for, for five pints after training anymore like they were in the 80s and 90s, mm. perhaps. But <laughs> I, I think you're seeing it. It is, there are more older players playing. But I think. 40 is stretching it, you know, I mean, there's a guy, uh, Pepe, who plays for Portugal, who's the oldest outfield player at this World Cup, he'll be 40 in two months, and, you know, he's, that's probably, he plays centre-back, so he's not having to do the running that a midfielder or a forward would do, uh, but, you know, that's probably where your limit is.
0: Very good indeed, lovely to have you uh, with us, Ricardo, we'll get you back, um, it's mm. not, uh, nice to hear your voice.
2: Yeah good to have uh, good to chat to you Wallace and anytime you need me just sh- give us a shout.
0: Good on you there That's Ricardo Ball who is uh one of the people behind the Manchester's uh, Man U Supporters Club, NZ mm. Branch. Big, big, big team, eh? Hey? Um Absolutely. Listed on the stock exchange.
1: Yeah, and I was just thinking, you know, it certainly opens up the World Cup, doesn't it, with Argentina losing, you know. Sure. And um, just a real underdog coming in. So it creates a bit of real tension and interest and and uh, hope for some of the smaller countries.
0: Yeah, very good. All right, it is time for I've Been Thinking. Uh, shall we start? Yeah, Leonie Freeman, take it away.
1: Well, thanks, um, Wallace. Yeah, I've been thinking I've got two nephews uh, at Auckland University and they've just finished exams about just over a week ago. And um, so I just wanted to give a big shout out to all the university students around the country who have just finished exams. It's been a challenging year for them because, the, you know, for a lot of them the first uh, semester was done online learning and they were all in their rooms or at home doing that. And a lot of the exams were online exams and... Um, uh, so you know it's it's hard enough in your in your university years doing exams, but but adding COVID on the top has been been uh, been tough. So I just thought um, for my two nephews and for the rest of the students, I'm just giving a shout out because I think it's been a challenging year for them, and I wish them all the best as they count down to get to get the results.
0: Yeah, it's a sort of um, environment where perhaps you and I didn't have to negotiate, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah,
1: it was very different. And, you know, I think the whole learning experience is quite different. If, if you're basically isolated and not able to go to lectures and you're doing it online and, you know, a lot of the students have all their cameras off, so imagine you're the lecturer and you're just seeing this grey screen with lots of students sitting there. It's a mm-hmm. very different environment than being able to work in a group or ask questions or all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, let's hope next year comes back to a bit more normal for all of them. Good I, on you, yeah. I surely
3: David. do. It's um, I, I, I loved the exchange and the engagement of, of lectures, and I, I can't oh. imagine being that being that removed. Yeah, very um, good, David. I want to talk about something that came up on our local Facebook page uh, last week, but it uh, happens all around the country all the time. And I, just by way of setting context here, I just want to say, if um, as you understand it, um, yeah. there is um, there the law says that uh, if you've got a wallet in your pocket. Um, nobody's allowed to come and take it out. Is that correct, Wallace? Um, yes. 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 <laughs> and, and, and think about yes. that. Where's the loophole? And, yep. and if I walk past you and, and I refrain from taking the wallet out of your pocket, you won't. You won't expect you. I won't expect you to wave at me for 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 doing that, will you? No. No. Okay. That's my that's my my context. Uh, the law is that if you're in a car and there's somebody on a pedestrian crossing, you stop for it. It's the law. And and there is um, a complaint that you hear a lot about when people are complaining about how people behave on pedestrian crossings that they don't wave. And I never wave. I never wave to somebody mm. who's stopped their car because the law says you do. And, and just as I won't wave to everybody who doesn't take my wallet out of my pocket, <laughs> I'm also not going to wave to somebody who has done what they're obliged to do and has bring their car to a stop. And it feels to me when they say, oh, it's just courtesy, it's etiquette, that it implies that actually there's something of an imposition here when you're asked to stop your car at a pedestrian crossing, that actually it's an inconvenience to you and you are deigning to um, wear this inconvenience. Well, actually, no, that's the law. And we're supposed to be working around each other cooperatively, sharing the road. but, But there is this mindset about being in a car, that once you're underway, you want to remain underway, and you don't like it when you have to stop. And so you think that somebody who you've stopped for ought to at least give you a cheery, cheery wave. I don't feel I'm obliged to, in the same way that, to return to my original point, that uh, that, uh, the wallet remained in the pocket. You, you,
0: You can't just walk across a zebra crossing like you own the place. You just can't. Did I say you, I did? No, but you don't, You enter into a social contract. When you cross at a crossing, as a pedestrian, you put your hand up, obviously, and you signal to the driver, hi, just crossing. That's what one does. No, I... <laughs> I David I, obviously I, I, does I, not. One does.
3: I must disagree. As no, somebody no. who walks a lot and crosses <laughs> a pedestrian crossing, <laughs> I I don't just launch myself out. I look to see that it's safe, and then and I walk I, out. I,
1: I'm, I'm correct
3: here. I'm on I'm the, the right on this one. We're out of time, aren't we? We'll
1: see what the um, listeners say. I'm on the right.
0: 2101, (laughs) I'm on the right. David Slack, Leonie Freeman.